The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello, as mentioned in the notes for this week's Chain Wrestling podcast audio version, this episode of Chain Wrestling 100 is such a massive bumper huge show, they wouldn't let me upload it in one hit. So this, you are press play on now, is part two. We're about to enter our wrestling topic for the week, and at the end of the show, as always, you will have the poll to help decide where we go next week. If you've not already listened to part one, please check that out. That includes our non-wrestling topic and all our usual nonsense. Uh, And it should be available on your podcast players directly before this one via the SJP World Media Network. So if you've not listened already, go and check that out. If you have listened, thank you so much for pressing play on part two. And I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Cheers. We need to talk some wrestling, gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! War Rumble 2000 won the poll. Uh, It was Max's choice. Won by an absolute landslide. It's 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 all right. Rock wins. Um, where do I go next week, gents? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't win. He doesn't. <laughs> no, it's it, that. That's obviously the match we're covering now. Uh, the Royal Rumble 2000 from Madison Square Garden. Uh, it starts, I think, really interestingly for me, with a 1995 Royal Rumble <laughs> recap discussing Shawn Michaels winning. They've only one foot on the floor, and they keep commenting on the Shawn Michaels rule throughout the whole commentary. It's, is this it's kind almost of... like they're telegraphing what is going yeah. to happen? Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it? It's a bit much. But uh, I suppose, gentlemen, I, I need to ask the question I normally ask. Uh, it's up to you to whoever goes first. When was the last time you saw this before watching it back for t- today's show? So I watched it. Uh, about did they say two months ago very recently very recently yeah uh, for me it's not not as recent as that but um it's it's a a rumble that is in fairly heavy rotation for me so maybe about a year ago i've what since i've watched what i will what i will say again danny will like this reference this was um one of the well, it was one of many DVDs I owned. I know Benny Mac was also a, a big collector of DVDs, and um, I've seen I've actually seen this pay per view a, a minimum of I'm guessing 15 times, right? So, and I've seen this Rumble match, yeah, about, about 20 times. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, Wait, um, Benny McCormack in the chat there saying the first Rumble he ever saw was 2000, and yep. I imagine it's. Imagine that's quite a big thing for a lot of people in the UK where we are, mm-hmm. because this was broadcast on Channel Four. For those who yeah. are, are not in the UK or are unaware of how this works, uh, that's not pay per view. That's not on Sky TV. That's not a subscription channel. This was available effectively in every home. This you know? is how and, legitimately I got into wrestling. Mm. Um, and there's a lot knew... of people who have the same story, Steve-O, isn't there? Yeah, yeah when, whenever I listen to your SJP pods and um, a lot of your guests have said pretty much what I'm about to say, which is, 
I knew of wrestling back when in the, the early nineties couldn't access it by much. Um, occasionally saw the odd wrestling revolve, revolve around Doink the Clown or whatever, Hulk Hogan. You knew of it, but you didn't really watch it. Um, and then this came along and it was like, I don't believe it. The, the, the WWF is on TV. We have to, we have to watch it. Do you know any of the wrestlers? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, it really didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. And this is how, like, I mean, I, one of the memories that sticks out from the pay-per-view itself is that, you know, when Cactus Jack brings out the, the bag of, um, the, the, what they call it again, how the hell are thumbtacks? Thumbtack, thumb, yeah, yeah, I yeah. genuinely thought at, at the time, so just to give you some, I say funny anecdotes, they're not even funny. When they said it was going to be a street fight, I, I genuinely thought they meant in a street. Um, the thumbtacks I thought was a snake. I thought it was just a, a okay. python inside. Um, cause obviously I was linking that to Jake, the snake and then, um, like various other people in it. I was just always thinking, where's stone cold, where's stone cold. I've heard all these things about stone cold. Mm. Where is this guy and everything? So yeah, for the Royal rumble, cause I would have been 14, I'm guessing 14, yeah, 14, um, or 15. And I know for fact, this is what got me back into, um, well, made me start watching wrestling mm, okay and it, it's interesting how many people have similar stories. we've got people in the chat now saying the same uh, uh josh goodwin uh, uh benny mccormack and so on saying exactly the same is, is their introduction to to wrestling having it on channel four now there, i think there's so many people who who, who are wrestlers in the uk uh, on the independent level who have the same story because back when i was still recording the sjp podcast and i was interviewing wrestlers from you know local shows and, and further afield the amount of them that would say i discovered wrestling through raw rumble 2000 through sunday night heat whatever <laughs> being shown on channel four i mean there was there was more that said that that didn't shall we say so i think this is uh when we'll get into the the quality of the match and, and the quality of the show in a moment but i think regardless of standard or quality i think this is a very very important pay-per-view especially when it comes to the UK. Yeah, absolutely correct. Um, and it shows even now in the, in the figures uh, for, for, for viewers that it's very, very niche uh, is wrestling in, in the UK because mm-hmm. it's behind a paywall. So for it to be on um, national free television over the air television, yeah, it was, it was huge. And, and they were, um, from what I vaguely remember, they were advertising it really heavily. They'd be talking <laughs> about, um, was it T4? Um, yeah. And they'd be making sure that they were constantly promoting the show. I mean, I remember staying up, literally watching it live. And on a, me and my brother, same room, just watching on a 14-inch TV. And I always remember the, um, the, the, the ending of Big Show throwing him over and everything. And yeah, just magnificent. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so this is going to be interesting, I think, because uh, it, it sounds very much, Steve, like you've got very positive memories of this event and this rumble. I'm going to come at it from a slightly different viewpoint, I think, because I'm a touch older than yourself. This is this isn't what got me into wrestling, yes. and I'm I'm of the impression, really, watching it back. I think the undercard is fantastic. <laughs> Triple H versus Mick Foley is is superb. There's some great moments on the undercard, Angle, Taz, and all. It is great. I think the rumble itself, and I apologize if I upset anyone. I'm just looking, you know, just give my opinion. I think the rumble itself is is pretty average at best. 
I won't, uh, I won't I mean, let him say anymore. I've muted his mark. Uh, <laughs> he's wrong. I, he is very wrong. I think per, this is, uh, you're gonna you're probably gonna mute me now. Um I think that of the Royal Rumbles that I've watched, mm-hmm. um the two thousand and eleven one is absolutely abysmal. It's terrible. Okay. I know Mags is a massive fan of this. I didn't particularly enjoy the nineteen ninety eight Royal Rumble personally. Um the nineteen ninety nine one There we go. Oh for goodness sake. Stop muting people, Mags. <laughs> the nineteen ninety nine one was bad in the sense of it was just the Vincent Mann Austin show. Yep. I don't get all the context to it, but the actual the match itself, you didn't mm-hmm. see any of it. It was just going backstage. That was all it was. Whereas for me, um this specific Royal Rumble, um it's just a lot of fun and people were able to showcase what they could do. Um, I, I recently, literally just the other day, listened to your um, Royal Rumble 92 review, which is absolutely brilliant. And you talk about Ric Flair and how everybody had the opportunity to actually fight Ric Flair. These, yes. these complete nobody wrestlers and actually had the opportunity. To just, just have, That's what happened with The Rock in this. People actually had the opportunity to fight with a superstar in The Rock. And... Um, I personally think this is this is one of a, a, a more enjoyable rumble, shall we say? Mm. I'm not saying it's amazing, but it's just enjoyable for what it is. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's no good. I'm not saying it's rubbish. I'm just saying that it's. I think it lacks a little star power. I'm not. I'll, I'll say yes. that, but I think I think it's hindered because of Austin being injured. I think it's hindered because of the Undertaker not being around. Triple H is obviously in the title picture. Foley's in the title picture. I think it's relatively clear that you can only really have maybe two potential winners whereas i like when you go into a rumble there's a handful of guys who could potentially win you don't get that very often granted i'm really you know i, I understand normally it is one or two guys who are going to you know, look like they're going to win so this is maybe more of a standard but i enjoy it more when there's more potential you know victors than you know than just two i guess but there are still plenty of things in this that i did enjoy I would just, if I was to put on a Raw Rumble randomly, I, there would be there would be a good a good number that I would go to before this. But also, there's a lot that I would go to after this. Shall we say that this would be picked first? Yeah, and, and for, from my point of view, I think Rumbles are a very basic match when it comes to the wrestling. It's always punch, punch, kick, kick, struggle to throw someone over. So for me, what makes a Rumble stand out is uh, how it flows, which uh, I think the 92 Rumble flows be- beautifully. Um, yes. And also the the memorable spots. And on, on, on the slide, this has got some of the most memorable spots in Rumble history. Um, it's just those little moments that make a rumble special, like the, the kind tire stuff, the oh, Pete right. Gas almost killing himself. Um, <laughs> Mosh, yeah. Mosh and his corn um, bra, oh, um, God. the, 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 the uh, two cool dance and then Rikishi throwing, throwing them both out the, out the ring. It's got those things that make it stand out from a bog standard uh, rumble for me. And it's fun. It's a fun Royal Rumble to I watch. I have to say that how long is the actual match itself? About 50, 50 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So 
Okay, so it's a lot longer than I thought, which kind of clarifies what I'm about to say. So Mags always says this, if a match feels like five minutes, but it's actually 20 minutes, they've done a good job, whereas vice versa. Yeah. And let's just put it this way. The Hogan Warrior match that we watched last week felt like an eternity, whereas this match, for me, just disappears. It just vanishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a million times better than that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, let's get into it then. You say about there are certain moments that really sort of stand out to you in, in this rumble itself and so on. Uh, I mean, there's one straight off the bat that begins it for me. We have Howard Finkel as the ring announcer. And there's always something special, I think, about Howard Finkel, the ring announcer at the War Rumble. And then he says, here are the rules. And you can almost collectively hear the crowd groan. But I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> but he also you've got, mentions... You've got to that, remember this is a New York crowd. And they yes. are some of the smarkiest crowds in, in the yeah. wrestling world. So Yeah, of course. Uh, he also says, wrestlers will enter at regularly scheduled intervals of two minutes or less. Now, I really liked that because normally at a Rumble, they say it's 95 was 60 seconds. Other Rumbles, they said it's 90 seconds. Other Rumbles, they've said it's two-minute intervals. And they move it about anyway just to suit of how the crowd's going and so on. Why not just say regularly scheduled intervals of two minutes or less? Because then you cover your ass and you can do what you want. Yeah, pretty much. It absolutely makes sense. Uh, and let's let's not forget the the time that the fans went absolutely mental because there was no rumble clock so mm. yeah fan, fans are incredibly fickle so to to give themselves that out by saying it's not going to be exactly two minutes or exactly 90 seconds yeah it was a, a very smart move yeah uh, i think the the stage setting the the entrance way is one of the more iconic pay-per-view Entrance ways. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, when, I, when I think of Royal Rumble 2000, the pay per view, my mind goes to Foley Triple H because that's to me the match of the night and it's probably the, mm-hmm. one of the matches of the year. And, you know, up there, one of the best pay per view matches, especially involving Triple H, it, that, that you yeah. can probably, you know, bring to memory. But with the Rumble itself, it still looks quite iconic because as with later Rumbles, Magsy, the one where Cena returns and so on at Madison Square Garden, you're looking from the hard cam down the entrance way. And I quite like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen many rumbles where the entrance lang- uh, ramp is so long. Um, but yeah, it, it stands out when it's, when it's so short like this and, and mm. you, you are looking down the hard cam. I think that's a brilliant uh, way to frame a, a rumble. Mm. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, we start with D'Lo Brown and Grandmaster Sexo. Now, I think this match, especially the first maybe, say, 10, 15 minutes, I think it struggles with crowd reaction because of what came before it. You didn't have a buffer between the street fight and the rumble. You know, I'm not saying that women's wrestling should be that, but back in the days of certain Divas matches, that's kind of where they'd slide slide that, Mm. that match in for people to have a little bit of a breather. I'm not saying I want to go back to those days because now we have such fantastically talented, you know, lady wrestlers all over the world. But you almost, I think you almost need something there to give people a bit of a break because they, the crowd, the crowd almost seem tired at the start, don't they? Yeah. Which is weird because it's a relatively short pay-per-view all told. Mm. I think it's less than three hours from, from uh, beginning to end. Uh, but that, that uh, street fat was, an emotional roller coaster, so you can feel that the the fatigue from that, and I think that's probably why 
there's a lot of love for the for the uh Kayantar runnings and then the 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 dance with Rikishi and, and um Scotty and, and Brian because it's um almost like a palate cleanser in the mid well at the beginning of the Royal Rumble before we start getting into the the heavy action I suppose. Yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh we get a Kayantai run in after maybe the third entrant. Brilliant. And it, and the, these guys tickle me. It, it, so I mean, obviously, we know one of them gets hurt later on, so we end up with just one individual running in, which kind of is a bit of is a bit of trivia. Actually. Well, it's not even trivia. Here's a question for you both. I mean, I'm sure there's probably other correct answers, but um, which other wrestler actually hurts himself quite badly in this match? I know this, and it's the best. It's so underrated. It's Pete Gas. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah. In the Kills himself twice in the very few seconds he's in that ring. First of all, he brains himself off the rope, uh, getting into the ring. Then he's clearly got a concussion and Bradshaw uh, throws him over the ropes and he gets his arm trapped and nearly loses yes. his arm. And then Bradshaw beats the living shit out of him on the en- in the entrance <laughs> ramp as well. So he, got, he had a horrid uh, day. Well, there's a, there's actually another answer. One of the, it's one not of the a serious answer. Who? Is it one of the headbangers? Hurts their ankle? Yeah. Calf, yeah, because yeah, Grandmaster Sexy does the bulldog, yes, and he's oh, clearly yeah, he wincing, like, Oh, yeah. god, you've yeah, really hurt yeah. me. Grandmaster Sexy goes over to him, like, Are you all right, mate? And it's obvious yeah. that it's like, You gotta go now because you've gone and damaged your ankle. It's, I always look at it because I'm just like, Oh, god, nasty, nasty, nasty. Yeah, it, but... It's not a good, yeah. Uh, we have Christian enter at number four. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird one for me because he had odd music. Yeah, it, 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 Christian with the hair—that's kind of how you remember him in the Edge and Christian tag team. He came out really pissed off as but... well. He, he, he comes out immediately. He's just like fucking oh fucking out, and I'm just like, oh, who's 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 annoyed him? Because that wasn't his character back then. Mm. So I was kind of like, he, perhaps someone... he was meant to have like a a bit of a a rumble with Mosh. Um, possibly, yeah, than being tagged, and that's his spot blown because he wasn't uh, in it for long yeah. whatsoever. Uh, which I thought was really weird seeing Christian as we know him now, a, a massive star. Um, for him to essentially be thrown out of the rumble within 30 seconds, yeah, it just felt really weird. Mm. Yes, uh, at number five, we have Rikishi, and I suppose this is the first bigger name of the era we're getting here. And the crowd love Rikishi, don't they? Oh, they do. They do. It, it's you. You look back at Too Cool, and you think, "What the hell is that? That is stuck. It's just... that is, it's stuck <laughs> in that that town period." But you watch watch them work together, and you think it's brilliant. It's absolutely mm. brilliant. Yeah, uh, they, it just... like he, I know. I'm sorry to interject. I know Danny agrees with me, but honestly. Those three were behind the rock as the most popular superstars of the time. They were huge. And it still angers me to this day. It's a bit like Chris Bellis getting angry with the 1992 stuff on WWF, but I get so annoyed that they made Rikishi turn heel with the whole running over Austin. It was the most stupidest thing they'd ever done. And it honestly, his career just the second everybody found out who ran over Austin, it destroyed his career. And and I don't mean like in the sense of a storyline. I mean, as in like, you've had this guy that's like right at the top behind the rock to just go. That's it. And it was just like, you 
idiots. And it really... What they had the moment where he gets hit with a car, they didn't know who was going to be the culprit when they did it. So... I mean, what a wonderful piece of planning that is. <laughs> but this, 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 this is the point. It's yeah, he did it for the rock, Uncle. But this is the point. It's a case of you could have just literally just had it as Triple H doing it, anybody. Mm-hmm. But you decide now we're going to turn Rikishi heel, and he was honestly he could have even if he just did a cane, just did a cane and held the belt for one day, mm-hmm. the title belt, just win because he was so far over, and you believe that he could win the championship. You genuinely believe that, yeah, this guy could beat The Rock. He could beat Triple H. He could beat Kane, Big Show, whatever. All these wrestlers feared, all these wrestlers feared him. And yet, because what I love about this Royal Rumble match is that he is, comes across so strong. Yes. He's so put over. And for, for seven, eight months later, for this massive rise to just literally just end like that. Because wasn't it? It must be you guys that mentioned this. That didn't he leave WWE quite soon after, like 2003, 2004? He left? He wasn't about going into late 2000s, was he, Max? I don't think. No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I think it was about 2003, 2004, uh, Steve yeah. said. Um, and I get why they, they wanted to push Rikishi into that. Uh, it was obviously a glass ceiling with uh, Too Cool. I think he'd been Intercontinental Champion, and maybe it was yeah. a, a, a a way to get him over that hump uh, and to kind of balance out the heel and face dynamic of, of, of the WF at the time. But, yeah, Steve was absolutely right. It didn't work. Uh, it didn't really make sense in, in the terms of the storyline. Um, but they wanted Rikishi to be uh, bigger, and what they ended up actually doing was deflating his, his popularity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Steve, very, very you know, spot-on mentions here. Rikishi looks really strong during this match. I actually think he's given literally the, the cane or the, the diesel treatment yeah. from, from Kevin Nash in 94. Because there are moments where he just eliminates people or stands and waits. And he looks... Yeah. And, and the crowd are loving that, aren't they? He's, he's, he's almost like the Brock of this of this room yeah because I, yeah. I think he eliminates what maybe seven people but he's in the first four or five he's he's eliminating like four of them he's mm-hmm. he's, he's he's given that monster push it's funny you say this because like i said i've seen this match 15 <laughs> 15 times whatever and yet the way jr and king are talking i still felt like this guy this guy's gonna win it like I, I'm genuinely yeah. taken in the whole story of everything. And I'm like, when Viscera comes out as an example, I'm just like, it, it throws me back to back in the day where me and my brother only like the big guys. Like we vaguely watched um, the 1995 era when Mabel, when he was Mabel and he became mm. King of the ring. And we just, we've always loved the, the huge men. So the likes of Mabel big show and so on. And, when Viscera comes out, I'm like, "What?" Uh, it was, it's King. Um, he, he says um, something here. I'm, you know, I won't be able to read um, my own writing, but he, he essentially comes out, and King's always like, "Hold on a minute, we've got a new potential winner now," and yeah. I believed it. Mm-hmm. I believed it because it all yeah. again. What I loved about this era of, and I know Rob and Dan go on a lot about this on the UTT podcast, is that the 2000 era of Raws and Smackdowns everybody were together 
They were all had their roles in place. It didn't matter whether, yeah, we all know that the, the Rock was the biggest star, Triple H, and so on and so. We get all that, but everybody was treated as important as one another. All the mm-hmm. stories were put together. So when I personally hear the commentators saying like, "This guy's got a chance of winning," I believed it, and I'm just like, "Yeah, he has got a chance of winning here," even though I know for a fact what happens. But I'm glad that I like, like Mag says. You're a mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm going to have to very much quickly depart for 30 seconds. I will leave you two to uh, discuss the brilliant two cool spot and how it came around because this yeah. is one of those occasions Enjoy where it gave me. Wank. Yeah, I will do. It's one of the occasions where it gave me a, a big grin on my face. Borna. So, yeah, uh, as I said, let's get into it then. The, the, um, the, the spot. With uh, Rikisha, um, uh, Brian Christopher, and and Scotty Tuata. Um the crowd went mental for this. Absolutely mental. And th- this was at a stage where, um, because because of, like I said, because of you um, and your change in attitude, uh, uh, podcast, and the fact that I chose to watch the each the Raw and the SmackDown as we go up in the in the um, in the history of it, and I was watching these Raws and SmackDown. Too cool were I assumed were an extremely popular act um, prior to this Royal Room. They weren't. No. There was a, there was a switch. There was a, there was a moment where. Um, it did turn and it was because of Rikishi starting to dance around with the guys and them trying to get Rikishi involved. And that's when slowly their popularity was turning. And actually, ironically, this Royal Rumble is kind of like the, almost the start of their popularity. And this, what I loved about this, again, it's all about context and it's like, oh God, I've got to face my, my mate now. I, I don't want to be doing this. And then Scotty Tuotti comes running out and it's like, guys, 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 we can't be fighting. We've got to be together here. And what do they do to get together? They dance. And, and like you said, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. is. And, and then uh, Rikisha does the dirty on, on, uh, on the two guys throws them out. But we, we see that it's all, all good in the end when uh, the, glad you said that because this is what pisses me off about today's kind of era and like recent stuff is that today it's like oh it doesn't matter doesn't matter that I've, I've thrown you over whatever whereas there it's like all right then we're all in we're all in this to to win the match this is what i loved about this whole royal rumble i don't care if you're delo brown china chris jericho or the rock each one i genuinely believed even today i'm like you've got an opportunity of winning here because why because they actually wanted to win the fucking match rather than what they do these days which is just going to sit in a corner but you haven't done anything whereas like later on you see test legitimately sat there like <sighs> Because he's actually been fighting people. It's the same uh-huh. with various other wrestlers, like with Road Dog hiding in the corner. It's like there's context to it because he's a shit chicken shit coward. I get all that. that was but today it's work. just like a... we're just going to sit around for the next guy to come out to do his spot, and then we're just going to sit around again and do the next spot. And you can I just again, it just annoys me. <laughs> You're absolutely yes. that, I am back, by the way, gentlemen. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> whereabouts do we get to? We were too still cool on dancing. Yeah, too, too cool uh, dancing, and then uh, Rikishi eliminating his buddies, uh, and then them essentially giving him the uh, the all clear to, to go on and win the rumble, mm. which unfortunately he doesn't. 
but no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But I mean, Steve mentions their road dog and his sort of tactics underneath the bottom rope, um, clinging on for life so he can't get grabbed to be eliminated and so on. Uh, I thought that was very clever because it's it's different, isn't it? It's different to what we get, and I think. With Rikishi as well, we've seen him eliminate, what do you say, Maxi, like seven people or something like that? He has a great run, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he eliminates the first seven, if I'm right. not mistaken. Yeah, in fact, in fact, just to go on my believability here, I think it's King, in fact, it is King that says, um, you talk about, your, he literally says, you talk about your canes, your big shows, The Rock, who's going to eliminate Rikishi? Mm. And you're like, yeah, you're right, who is going to eliminate Rikishi? And then, sorry, to because I know you're going to be saying this side, but then... Viscera comes out and is he's even bigger than Rikishi and it, yeah it's true it's but good storytelling it's good timing isn't again, it again with uh, Viscera coming in though um, and you are outside he's absolutely superb storytelling but th- that shows just how much faith they had in Rikishi because he eliminates Viscera single handed and normally oh, with so good. with guys of Viscera size it's a team effort it's usually like eight people versus one and they lean them on the ropes and eventually tip them over. Uh, but with Rikishi, he, it's, um, the, I think there's a miss splash and then uh, Rikishi does a couple of super kicks and then uh, uh, does a shot. Is it three super kicks? Uh, Those super then, kicks look fantastic as well, didn't they? Sorry, and then the, they were so good. And then the the shoulder block to, to get him out. And that's, that, like, like Steve said, at the time you could definitely pin Rikishi as potentially a winner because mm-hmm. he's eliminating everyone in his path and he's taking out the biggest guys on his own. So there's no reason why this guy couldn't go on to win the Rumble. But again, it comes down to, I mean, believability, like Steve-O said, but it, the storytelling as well, because we go back to 94 with Diesel. Diesel was just a bodyguard then. He came in, mm-hmm. effectively, he was a background character. By the time he left, they were chanting his name because of what he did in the Rumble. And he ran through guys like Virgil and so on. It's not like he was, you know, destroying big names, but it made it the way it was, the way it was put across, the way it was portrayed, it made him look like a star. The same with Kane, uh, 2001. Kane in 2001 looked a star. And there's a big argument that he potentially should have won that Rumble because he was so over with that. Rikishi here, I I wouldn't have an issue with him winning that Rumble, to be fair. Obviously, we know what we're going to with with WrestleMania 16, and The Rock is the choice that, you know, is relatively obvious before the match starts. And you're not really going to go against that. But I wouldn't have been that averse to seeing Rikishi at that time. But back then, they could create stories in which you were like, yeah, Rikishi, say, wins the Royal Rumble. And then the following night on Smack on Raw, sorry, it, it, you know whoever comes out and says, "I think it's a disgrace that Rikishi won the Royal Rumble. He's not world title contender. I'm the number one contender. Me and him face off, and then the, the real number one contender. I don't know the Big Show yeah. or whatever wins <laughs> or whatever." Um, at WrestleMania from this, we go to a fatal four way anyway for the world title. Yeah, it could have worked. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it's it's happened before when Austin won the uh, the Rumble. Uh, he didn't end up getting the the tight match at, uh, at WrestleMania anyway. Mm. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, another, I suppose, tactic by an entrant. We have the boss man come out, <laughs> and, and the this, boss man. This whole couple of minute segment is brilliant. He's, he's seen Rikishi <laughs> run through guys. He's seen Rikishi eliminate people, and a guy the size of Viscera, as as you two have just brilliantly explained. So the boss man comes out. He's in no rush. Well, before before the boss man comes out, Viscera says to him, 
get him. Yeah. You get him out. It's great. Yeah. And and the boss man, he, he, he takes his time. He stalls a great deal. He walks around. And then we hear Test's music. And Test yes. runs out. It's not brought in with the boss man. And then I've got a note here saying that, you know, eventually we see the bulldog come out as well. And we have a little spell where everyone punches everyone else in the dick. <laughs> it's, it's bad Santa. It's just brilliant. Punches and punches in the bollocks. It's amazing. Got, I think I, boss well, man punches Test. Then Rikishi punches boss man. And then is it Bulldog punches Rikishi in the bollocks. It's brilliant. brilliant. I mean, I've got, I've got a, a note here that says, I'm already more invested in this match than I am so far of three months of 2011. Because the storytelling okay. is there. It makes yeah. me want to believe everything. And and talking to the British Bulldog, uh, when JR says, um, you know, viewers watching on Channel 4, uh, when the, it, it's like, even now I'm just like, oh yeah, he mentions the fact that we're on Channel 4. And I remember at the That's time right. I was like, yeah, he's mentioning <laughs> us. It's really weird, but it's true. It's like when somebody says, oh, well, Mick Foley is a good example. Oh, I, I love it here in Anaheim and the crowd or cheer. Yeah, that's where I'm from. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Channel 4. <laughs> uh, Gangrel arrives at 12. What a banging entrance theme that is, by the way. Not just that, but it's when Tess puts his hand over, grabs his air, and he was not even expecting it. He's just like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And and the, uh, the one thing I did notice, though, he puts his sunglasses in these blood... <laughs> I've never noticed that before. I mean I've no. watched this multiple times and it, this is the first time I've noticed he puts his sunglasses in the blood yeah, it's mm. weird yeah uh, but a big part of Gangrel coming out at 12 is I suppose it's the timing it's t- the ticking of the box for, for Kai and Ty to arrive again <laughs> yeah brilliant <laughs> and one of them dies pretty much he <laughs> definitely does <laughs> smash his face square into the floor Mm, it's not good look is it because as soon as he hits the deck there's blood splatter it's not like he's he's, he's dripping blood or he has a nosebleed or anything like that literally as soon as he bounces on that you know face first on the crash mat we can see spots of blood straight away oh is that what i've i've always thought that was genuinely water or sweat it's blood, I think isn't it? blood straight away mate yeah i think it's blood straight away i mean again i could be completely wrong with this but i always took it as blood oh, okay okay mm. wow uh, Bob Backlund arrives as a bit of a surprise. It, I mean, of all the wrestlers, Bob Backlund coming back, that's it's it's weird, it's cool. Bob mm. Backlund, uh, but yeah, uh, for him to, to come in, and I think he was very popular with the old school New York wrestling crowd, so yeah, yeah it was good to see him get a uh, um, a bit of, a bit of time and a bit of props, but yeah, weird, yeah. weird. And this is a, another thing about a rumble that is it's fun because you can get things like this. Mm. A wrestler who, who you may have not seen for a decade coming back. I mean, we had it recently with Mickey James, as still as the Impact Women's Champion. And she came in and was in the, the WWE Royal Rumble. So, yeah, it's cool moments like that. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on with, with saying Backland in, in the sort of New York market, I guess. He held the WWF. I don't, was it WWWF at the time? I think it was WWWF, yeah. Right. He held that championship for six years. He was the one who dro- he dropped it to the Iron Sheik so Sheik could drop it to Hogan for Hogan's Hogan. first world yeah. top rank. So this is going back to the very early 80s. We're looking at his six year reign ended 
trail end of 83, beginning of 84. So we're in territory days. WWF was very much a New York territory. Madison Square Garden was their home arena. He had been their champion for six years. So him arriving back in Madison Square Garden was a massive deal to those fans. Not so much me at home, but it was a big deal to them. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Benny says in the chat, wasn't he running for political office uh, at the time? No, I think this was... He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I think a lot of his character's um, work was him thinking he was running for office or he was in a, a an important uh, political job, but he, he was really just a, a lunatic. Right. <laughs> um, Rikishi then departs shortly afterwards. Well, and I'm it, surprised you didn't mention, I'm surprised you didn't mention Edge because I know Benny. Oh yes. Benny yeah, carry on. Yeah. The yeah, fact carry on. That he genuinely popped recently for Edge when he returned. I was surprised at Edge's pop in this particular rumble. And then we get the, the classic racist. Um, what a, what a poor Chinese guy um, getting thrown uh, out. And then JR yeah. does his quiet Japanese. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, but you kind of think, yeah, this is a bit, mm. well, it's one of those, it's one of those things. You get it a lot with Jerry Lawler, don't you? It's of its time. Yes, Doesn't yeah, make it. Okay. Yeah. I think even as, as, as far back as 2000, which is, you know, 22 years ago, it's, it's of its time. And Lawler had a habit of saying things that were uncomfortable when you look back on them now. But I, I think back then that was still not okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, absolutely. But that was the character Jerry Lawler was, was going for and technically still does now. Um, yeah, just a bit on the nose. Mm, yeah, it weren't great. And, and the fact that he kept revisiting the same joke was a bit, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's, I mean, if, if it comes like the once and you get corrected, I'm not saying it's okay, but there's, a point, a, there's mistake, a point later uh, where, where uh, the, the king, uh, JR, genuinely snaps and he's just like, <laughs> he's Japanese. Yeah. Stop being xenophobic. so xenophobic. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, um, your boy arrives, Magsy, to a great reaction. Oh, Chris yeah. Jericho. Baby face Chris Jericho. And he uh, gets rid of Bob Backlund. So piss off. And, old and crazy guy. And then you get the square off with Edge. And also mm. the, the crowd actually, I'd never heard this before until today. Everybody's actually singing his, his theme. They all chan break the wall down together in, yeah. in, in song. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, Jericho here is, is, I mean, again, we said it earlier on the show, the guy's an absolute superstar. He's a, he's a you know, top level Hall of Famer, isn't he? He's going to be in every Hall of Fame you can imagine. He will eventually, I think, have another WWE run before he retires and then go into the Hall of Fame. But yeah, there we go. Uh, Crash Holly arrives as well. And the reason I bring Crash Holly up is because it's quite sad. Uh, this is this week. I think it was yesterday was the 19th anniversary of his passing. Which when you think about years, nineteen years. So I think I think that's oh wow. You look how young the guy is here, and the fact that he wasn't long for this world, shall we say, and took his own life at at, at such a young age. It's it's incredibly sad when you see the guy, and his his time as you know carrying the the scales and saying he he weighed four hundred pounds and all that sort of stuff. I think Crash Holly again. Never going to be a main eventer, but not everyone can. I think in the role he was in, in the position on the card he was in, 
such an incredibly entertaining individual boys but this again goes back to the the 2000 late 99 but specifically the the early 2000 era where every wrestler mattered it didn't matter what what their gimmick was (laughs) every wrestler mattered in fact i'm pretty i know ironically i just stopped watching because i knew everything that was going to happen i'm just like i just want to go to 2011 now but Weirdly enough, the 24-7 hardcore belt hadn't even come into play yet. It was quite it was quite near WrestleMania time that the 24-7 okay. belt came. It was like a you know, like maybe three, four weeks before it. Uh, when Crash Holly basically well when he says, like, I can defend this title 24-7 if I want to, and, and that's pretty much what happened. But the, I didn't see any of this, unfortunately, um, through choice. But the SmackDown episodes were devoted to the 24-7 hardcore thing. There was a lot of segments devoted to Crash Holly defending the title in hotel, funny enough, revolving around the Mean Street Posse and stuff. And like you said, the role that he did as a comedy mm. comedy wrestler or whatever was absolutely brilliant. And again, you believed it. Yeah, You believed it, and it was really enjoyable. So you mentioned there, and again, I suppose I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. I said there's not masses of star power in this Rumble. There's obviously a lot of recognisable names. There's obviously a lot of people who won numerous titles and had, had, had great matches. But I'm, I think it does suffer because of Austin, Taker, not being there and so on. Yeah. But so many of these guys were busy with storylines, whether they're in tags or mid-card title situations or whatever. Everyone had something to do. Now, I'm going to defend a guy here that gets a lot of grief. Something that so many wrestlers in the mid to late nineties say about WWF booking is that the guy in charge at that time, not in charge, that was obviously McMahon, but the head booker at that time, one of the guys very high up in the creative process, Vince Russo. One of the things that he did well was he made sure everybody had something to do matches and screen time weren't just there for the sake of it, weren't just there for filling TV minutes. Now, he left for WCW in October of 99. If you listen to Russo, he says that what they had spoke about for the next six to eight months was already effectively laid out. Yeah. And what, what happened on WWF TV was a variation of that. Things did change, but everyone kind of had something to do. You go past that kind of six, eight, nine-month period, which includes this Rumble, WrestleMania, and into SummerSlam and so on, and go into 2001. Obviously, you had the WCW purchase come into it, and the invasion angle changed a few things. But you do kind of start seeing people just milling about without a real purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that does kind of back up what Russo has said about you know how he wrote TV, and what wrestlers at the time also said about what Russo did for them especially lower guys, they would have a purpose if they were on the screen. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. It, it was as, it was when WWF started to really focus on the main card and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right, a lot of uh, wrestlers sat in catering or on TV, but for no particular reason, no particular story angle, just to be um, a number or a, a, a body for a, a main star to, to, to beat up. You're absolutely right. Mm. Yeah. Um, Edge punches Bulldog in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and spanks Crash Holly a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a strange one for me. And that then, was weird. And then China arrives. I forgot she was in this. Obviously, I know she was the first lady in a Raw Rumble, but I remember that Rumble. I, I've mm-hmm. just got a note here as well, um, talking of this, this Rumble in general, that I've just literally written, I like the fact that people actually want to eliminate people. You, again, you don't see it these days. Like, I love the fact that I don't care how staged it is. Like, at least we're seeing some effort to throw people over the ropes or whatever. And you, you just mentioned China here. I love the, I just love the way she gets eliminated. It's so simple. Mm. And it doesn't, it doesn't, again, it doesn't look staged. It's bloody hell. You've just eliminated Chris Jericho here. You, you've just literally for a split second, turn around to go, ha ha. And then bang, she's out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like she stood there for 15 minutes going, yeah, look at me. And then we're thinking, is someone going to eliminate her? It's literally just, yeah, I've, oh, I'm, I'm now out. It's brilliantly done, I think. Yeah. It it comes back to something that we talk about a lot on NXT Rise and Fall. And I think we touched upon it on Nitro Nights as well, with regards to wanting to win the match. Yes. It's very easy to go from move to move to move. Well, I say easy. It's not because these guys are incredibly talented. But what I mean is when you're in the ring doing certain things, you have certain spots you want to hit. Everyone, I suppose the term is, wants to get their shit in, maybe, is the term you see sometimes. So everyone's going, okay, I've done that move now, I want to get to that move. I've done that move now, I want to get to that move. When you see people actively trying to pin their opponent in the first couple of minutes in a match, it's great because they're trying to win. It's supposed to be a sporting contest. So the same Mm -hmm. goes for this here. You should be trying to eliminate people, but not in the way that, you see so many wrestlers balancing on the rope and it's that kind mm. of back and forth nonsense that you get a lot. You know, people, the, the, the China situation, there was an opportunity, someone took it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I think that makes a massive difference in what we're watching when it comes to the believability level. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there we go. Okay, I'm glad we all agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do get Farouk coming down. Uh, oh, he looked good, didn't he? He looked good. Oh, he always does. Always ripped. And then we get the Mean Street Posse running in. <laughs> now, I don't... They attack Farouk here, and he ends mm-hmm. up eliminated relatively quickly. Steve-O, you're going to have to fill in the blanks here, or, or Magsy yourself. Uh, I don't know the grief that the Mean Street Posse had with the Acolytes at the time. Was there a reason for this? It, again, Mags is going to know this, because Mags is the encyclopedia, but it's something to do with the tag team championships and not getting the opportunity. Okay. I think I could be completely wrong, but I'm, I'm, it's something about that. Is that right, Mags, or am I completely? Um, I mean, that, that's a part of it. Um, I think this was um, the, the, the sowing of the seeds for the uh, APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency, oh. because um, a few weeks after this, uh, uh, the Main Street Posse, uh, uh, I think it's, it's the episode when the radicals show up um, and the main street posse threatened to beat up the radicals who then who lay waste to, to the main street posse. And then they go back to the APA who want to beat them up because of what's happened over the, uh, over the last few weeks. And they offer money to the acolytes to protect them. And that gives uh, uh, Bradshaw the, the idea behind APA and there's a whole segment where he's drawing APA on a piece of paper and it's a big capital P and two little A's. Um, so yeah, it, it was all to sow the seeds of of uh, the acolytes coming away from being uh, part of the ministry to being the the APA. Okay. Uh, 
Road Dog also enters, and I love this because the crowd join in the cheering and, and sort of singing his catchphrase, I guess. Again, uh, like we've said, he was it was so popular. Uh, if you had any kind of like mark ability, you got over in, in this era of WWE because yeah, yeah. Road Dog was massively, massively popular. Mm. Uh, he, he enters the ring. They do a bit of stuff around the ring. Uh, and then Test punches him in the dick. So. <laughs> it was just the go-to move. Yeah. It normally, it's, it normally it's clotheslines and forearms and and uh, then struggling to throw someone over. This year, 2000 was whack him in the cock. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got a note here which says um, the, the road dog just goes straight after test after test is trying to get a breather he's already straight onto him um, and then um, the king pretty much from my opinion representing us the audience says when is the rock going to come out when when is he actually going to come out and, and I'm thinking yeah when is the, oh, our main man the rock going to actually come out mm-hmm. Do, did you you say he's representing the audience there. For me, I got a little bit annoyed with him saying this all the time because it was almost oh, every really? entrant was, is this the rock? Is this the rock? Is this the rock? And it's like, I understand they're trying oh, to build right. the rock up, of course. But on one hand, I think maybe it belittled the people that were coming in. And again, we come back to that thing of maybe, I think it lacks a little bit of star power because every person who wasn't the rock, all of a sudden I thought, oh, okay, it's not the rock. But then, is it not foreshadowing potentially again we come back to the the potential winners we all know the big show's a big deal at this point rikishi's had a good showing and then you've got the rock that's kind of it mm. so by talking about him in the way they are does it not maybe foreshadow where they're going to go at the end i, I could be re- being really nitpicky there I, i'm just asking the question i, I mean from my from my personal perspective i i want to see the biggest stars and i want it sounds really weird, but you kind of answered the reason why you hate it is why I like it. I like the fact that there's someone saying, I want to see the rock. Where's the rock? Where's okay. the rock? And I'm like, yep. yeah, you're right. I do want to see this guy come out and I just want to see him. I just, that's all I want to do. I want to see, because at the end of the day, wrestling is built around certain particular wrestlers. I mean, at, the, at the moment, again, with my very little knowledge, it's built around Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if you were to ask any um, member of the public down the street, can you name a wrestler? Most are going to go, oh, you mean, you mean Hulk Hogan? <laughs> you know, or, or and then there's a chance they may say The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's a chance. But are they going to name anyone else after 2000? Probably not. And, and Cena, you'd be lucky maybe. if someone said Roman. Who? Cena, maybe. Just because he's crossed into movies yeah. now. Possibly, yeah. But back then, you had just The Rock, and it's just like, yeah, I, I just want to see The Rock. Mm. And whereas like now, it's just all about, like I say, with, with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman I know it's a different time now and everything, but certainly um, everything's always built around one person in WWE. And I was glad that The King was saying it, but, you know, I'm glad we happy uh, agree that we disagree, so to speak. Okay. Maxie? Do you think maybe it would have been better coming from Jim Ross as the play-by-play guy, as opposed to Jerry Lawler, who was maybe supposed to be the heel commentator then? Uh, yeah, that is a that's a, a really good point. Um, 
I, and I get why they were doing that because it it was a little threadbare in upper echelon uh, talent, I suppose. Uh, so you want to make sure the viewers and the, and the crowd still are aware that the rock is 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 coming uh, in the show. Um, but for me, one of the the cool things about a rumble is is being so invested in it that you forget that there's. Uh, these big stars still to come in it, and okay, then you get yeah. that, and then you get that huge pop when their music hits, and you go, "Oh shit! This is who, who this is the winner. This is uh, uh, who I've been waiting for." Um, you get, um, I mean, how many times have you watched a rumble where you didn't even realize this was the the twenty eight of the people are coming in have been in, yeah, because you're that invested. So I think uh, Jerry talking about the rock over and over and over again took away a little bit of that because he's putting the rock back fresh in your mind i suppose so you know mm. that the rock is is coming um rather than be surprised when he turns up i suppose yeah well that makes a lot of sense i think mate. that makes a lot of sense uh, we get another run-in from Kai and Tai, but on this occasion it's just for naki on his own and I mean, what a trooper that he's seen his friend be took to a, a, a medical facility, mm. potential concussion. And I think um, Benny and, and Josh in the chat say that he had some real um, sort of issues. He had broken collarbone, uh, a brain hemorrhage, hemorrhage, things like that. But Fanake doesn't give up and he doesn't uh, say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. He just he just does the run-ins on his own. What a, what a trooper. Yeah. That's why he's the number one announcer. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, at this stage, I think we've gone back to what we had at the beginning, where the crowd seem a little flat, maybe a little <laughs> quiet. There's not much going on with regards to the audience. And, and But I mean, I've made a little list here in the ring. I mean, some of these guys go on to be big deals. Edge is the best example. And he got a good reaction when he came to the ring. However, He's been in the ring a little while now. None of these are main event level guys or even sort of top end of mid card. We've got Crash Holly, the boss man, Edge, Al Snow, Val Venus, Road Dog, Albert and Test. And this is the occasion where I think we're filling the ring up for someone to come in and clear the ring. Yeah. With the amount of Royal Rumbles I've watched in my time, that's kind of the way I lean towards when I see that sort of scenario. But it, but yeah. it, it, it doesn't happen. No, no, it, it doesn't. really doesn't happen. It, it it's the well, the the rock comes out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said uh, earlier, this is like the Ric Flair moment where everybody gets a shot. I think the rock. If I know the rock eliminates one person, then he's already attacked by someone, and that's it. The, the rock does nothing. In fact, the yeah, rock is pretty it, quiet in this. He knocks out Bossman. I think it's Bossman. He yes. takes out. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's to be fair, the Rock is actually quite quiet because there are so many people that want to eliminate the Rock that he can't do anything. And again, it goes back to my point. It's like I love the fact that people are trying to win this match and trying to eliminate each other, um, as demonstrated by spoiler alert with um, Mister Ass eliminating Road Dog. You know, they're there to win the match. Yes, I like and that. It, it's great. And, and I've got another note here where it says, like, I love the fact that the commentary is so free flowing. It's a free flowing conversation. It's not, you know, Michael Cole says his bit and then it's next person, the next person back to Michael Cole, like with these computer game style segments. It's just two blokes talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think with, with regards to commentary, I mean, again, we spoke about it earlier in the show, and I've said it so many times, Jim Ross for me is the greatest to ever do it. Uh, he works well with Lawler. Fact, and he works, so, many other, so many other characters he works well with. Also, I've done a bit of commentary myself. To do commentary, to do wrestling commentary is easy. Anyone can do it. You can sit there, you can name moves, you can fill airtime with the sound of your voice, whatever. To do wrestling commentary well, now that is really, really difficult. <laughs> and yeah, I and... think this is a, a good example of commentary done so, so well, but it comes across like it's easy. Yeah, and a prime example would be um, when when I review the WrestleMania 27 with Dan Robb, uh, JR returns, mm-hmm. and honestly, you can it's literally night and day between the difference between him commentating and Michael Cole and King. It is literally night and day. You can tell yeah. that JR's just just talking, whereas these two have got the, the annoying script as an example. And Vince McMahon shouted in the rear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which, which Jim Ross had as well, mind. He used to get, you know, he used to get you know, destroyed by, by McMahon in his ear. And you see Jim Ross when he comes out for commentary uh, at any point, whether it's now or back in the day, or you get a shot of his desk, there's notes everywhere. And the fact that he is so good at what he does comes into how much preparation he puts in. I was going to say, my, my naive point of view would be, for me, it's research on the matches. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's a lull in the action or if there's a quiet moment, you need something to say. You can't just go, oh, yeah, they're standing there. Or, oh, yeah, there's another clothesline. That's when you get Jim Ross filling those moments with well, but, you know, but, uh, their, his, their history in college sports or whatever, you know? Yeah, but, but, but you're right. It's building up a character, mm-hmm. what their background is. And like, um, with the, I know we're going on a very long time here, but it's, it's good conversation. And there's a bit in the, it's happened two times now in the 2011 era where quite literally there are moments where John, John, where the Miz and John Cena are fighting each other and there's no commentary. It's just silence. And I'm like, Mm. great. We're just watching two blokes. Who cares? Like I I need to be told a story. What's going on. I I know Mm. what's going on, but I want to know the significance and, and you, the commentator is telling us what to do happen twice. It's like being back in the coronavirus era, but rather than not having uh, fans we've got no commentary and it just makes I'm just like grey I'm seeing the Miz ram his head through a, a steel door so mm. like I need someone again is it just me being a naive idiot yeah no no no, I, no I want I, I, I'm a firm believer that a, a commentator gives you the soundtrack of what you're seeing yeah yes absolutely. yeah I mean yeah. We, we've spoke about the Hogan and uh, and Rock uh, match if you watch that without commentary, it's it's awful. Mm. Commentary yeah. and the crowd that yeah. makes that uh, um, an, a must-see match. Yeah, absolutely. So right. Yeah, yeah, we've had You mentioned The Rock arriving. He is number 24. Big reaction, of course. And we get the, uh, the camera angle from much further back in Madison Square Garden, looking <laughs> at the crowd react. And it's obvious. And again, this comes back to, to my mindset of, a lack of big, big top, top star quality in this match because he got a completely different angle for, you know, camera angle for his entrance. Mm-hmm. The crowd reacted completely differently. This, we're getting told the whole time, this is the star. This is yeah. the guy. 
with everything that WWE are doing here, which is the right thing to do because they know where he's going. So it's important. Uh, he comes into the ring, and as you said, Steve-O, there's no big clearance, and that surprised me because I thought The Rock... And again, I think this leads to the crowd almost quietening down a bit again. If The but Rock the had come in... But, sorry to interject. The clearance no, no, carry comes, on, please. Well, the clearance comes in a minute because actually... <laughs> A bit of without wanting to patronize you, because again, I know nothing compared to you two, but I didn't realize how over the big show was prior to this Royal Rumble. So it was only, oh, totally. um, it was only a few weeks back that the big show was a massive superstar. And I don't mean him in physical specimen, I mean, as in like he was being he was pushed. world champion, yeah, he was, he was, yes, yeah. he, 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 and. He became heel because why? And it's it goes down the whole route of what was it? You said thirty six heel face turns. Um, one of them was because The Rock called everybody in the locker room a jabroni, and Big Show. It's a terrible storyline, and Big Show goes, "I don't like the fact that you call me a jabroni." And it's like, so you've turned your back on all these fans that love, like, legitimately loved you, to go. I'm going to stick a middle finger up at you lot because this guy called me a jabroni, but it wasn't just me. He called everybody and it's, it's, it's terrible. Um, I didn't realize, but I, this was all brand new to me. And I'm just thinking that's why the big show became a heel because of that. And I think that's why people are a bit confused. Like, do we boo this guy? Do we cheer him? I don't quite understand. They knew that they had to boo him, but they were kind of in two minds because when, again, I don't want to take over the spotlight with you, side, but when the big show does come out, you know, business is going to pick up and he does clear house and he, yeah. it shows how strong and powerful this bloke is. Uh, Steve, you're absolutely spot on the money. Uh, I was surprised when The Rock didn't clear house. I was surprised when The Rock didn't come in and do his, mm. you know, punch, 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 step away, punch again, guy goes over the top rope and all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think the crowd were affected by this because the crowd were obviously lively as hell, Maxie, weren't they, from the rock entered, but they dropped off a bit because he was cut off quite quick. Really quick, yeah. Yeah, but it, but in hindsight, it is good storytelling because yeah. how many times have they gone to that well of a, a, a big face character coming in and cleaning house? They, they didn't do that in this, so the fans are expecting it didn't get what they expected. Uh, they leaned into one of uh, The Rock's best assets is his selling. Uh, he's really good at uh, selling when he's getting beat up. And then they also had Big Show a couple of uh, uh, spots later on who they know could legitimately clear the house. Yeah. So why have The the Rock uh, have that massive uh, face pop when he cleans out uh, the ring? when they could just uh, have Big Show come out and clean out the ring and then Rock get an even bigger face pop when he's the person who eliminates Big Show. Um, mm. It's it's booking 101 for me. Uh, you, yeah. um, you circumvent what the fans are expecting and then give them something much bigger at the end. Magsy, you're absolutely spot on the money. That's a brilliant description. Uh, I mean, a, a broken watch is correct twice a day, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sell yourself short, mate. Um, <laughs> the big show does come in, literally, as Steve-O said, a couple of spots later. He's number 26. So we're fast approaching the end of the Rumble now. Um, Bradshaw arrives. Oh, yeah. Beast. And this, I think this is, I think this is a little bit of a telltale sign here as to whether 
the management have different ideas or whether Bradshaw is already at a point in his career where he's saying, hang on a second there, lads, I'm not doing that. Because the Mean Street Posse run in when Farouk enters and get the better of Farouk. The Mean Street Posse run in when Bradshaw enters and Bradshaw's like, I ain't selling for these bastards. Yes, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he wastes some Magsy, doesn't he? Well, he wastes two of them. One of them mm. wastes himself. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, th- I think this was to show that Bradshaw was a genuine hard case wrestler because he just destroys all three of the Mean Street Posse. Um, it's, I mean, it it does lead to them uh, to Bradshaw being eliminated. I think it's by um, um, the outlaws. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just he just lays waste him and. It, they don't look like punches that are being pulled. They look like he's proper yeah. hand-borning those fuckers. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Then they start fighting down the aisle, which is just fantastic. Poor P. Gaston. Poor I feel so sorry for him. Because <laughs> he nearly dies twice and then gets chinned <laughs> by a Bradshaw. Kane <laughs> uh, arrives at 28. And again, this is where I suppose we're getting into uh, I suppose some of the bigger names of the time because Kane is, is quite a big, prominent character at this point in his career. Yeah. Well, a, a, pretty much for whole of his career, I guess. The Godfather is in at 29, brings some young ladies with him, much to Jerry Laura's uh, joy and excitement. And then we get I another Funaki running. <laughs> well, no, this is the thing. I always find the bit where the hoe slips over. That's always a memory that yes. walks in, she's like, <laughs> slips over. And um, it's just the way JR goes, for the love of Pete. And then, and then it's, oh, it's the, little Ch- it's the little Chinese guy. He's Japanese. It's so good. Yeah, JR is that uh, he's had enough by the end of this yeah. match. He's like, I'm sick of his bullshit. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he comes in with him. <laughs> is there any good Chinese hospitals around here? And he just goes, would you stop that? <laughs> It's at that, that, that stage. You're thinking, Jerry Laura, man, just stop. That's enough. <laughs> yes. I mean, JR's great, but Laura, you're thinking, that's enough, man. That's not. But he keeps enough. asking for the, the replay of Tacker's yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think it's the, it might be the last time he plays it, or maybe the second to last time. But he, he does boink. He says, yes. Oh, and here he goes. And he goes, Boink. And it, that, that <laughs> will good. stick forever. That's it. Now, that is known as the <laughs> boink. Yeah, that was good. Um, X-Pac is our last entrant at number 30. Yeah, and, and there's eight people in mm-hmm. when X-Pac comes in. Mm. Just yeah, seems su- that's such quite a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. That's quite a lot. Uh, but the ring does clear quite quickly. Um, Billy Gunn, as we mentioned earlier, eliminates the road dog, which leads to a bit of a quarrel between them. Mm-hmm. Uh we get to our final four, however, because as I said, the ring clears relatively quickly at this point. Mm-hmm. And our final four is Kane, X-Pac, The Rock, and The Big Show, which I think a rumble that I've said maybe lacks a little bit of star quality isn't too shabby, really. Mm. No, and, no, and, and, and there's two storylines there as well. Yes, yeah. Which, uh, okay. for, for me, is a good thing uh, uh, coming towards the end of a Royal Rumble. Um, you've got to have something to play off uh, after the Rumble's finished. And obviously, Big Sean The Rock is going to be a huge storyline. But uh, X-Pac and Kane and the kind of love triangle with Tori uh, and, and um, X-Pac rejoining DX, 
that's a storyline that kind of goes a little bit under the radar on this rumble, but it certainly does pick up over the net over the, the weeks after this. Um, so I'm I'm glad that that kind of got uh, a little bit of a show. Uh, especially with expat being thrown out, then sneaking his way back in to eliminate Ken. I thought that yeah. was a, a pretty good move. Yeah, the refs miss it, don't they? Because they're dealing with some fighting on the outside. Was it the Bradshaw, yeah. Mean Street Posse stuff, I think, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, I, th- I think it was. Yeah. I don't know. Or was it was uh, when uh, the outlaws were trying to attack Ken? I think it was that. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, Magsy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, X-Pac does eliminate Kane, having already been eliminated himself. And then X-Pac is eliminated himself by the Big Show. So we're down to our final two. After a Bronco Buster. Well, let's not fucking talk about that. Um, (laughs) The crowd here, though, are probably the most lively they've been since The Rock's entrance. They are fully invested now. So we're down to the final two. This is exciting. And it's the two that you kind of could predict at the start, yeah. potentially, isn't it? It's the two yeah. that you know is going to go there. Um, talk us through the last few minutes, gentlemen, and, and, and Big Show's efforts to eliminate The Rock. The Rock's in control for a while. Talk talk us through what we see. Steve, I'll take the wheel. Well, uh, as I've got here, it's, um, you know, just the dominance of The Big Show in general, um, really showing his... Uh, Power, his strength, his size over these people. I mean, I've got a note here saying how he makes the Godfather look small. You know, the Godfather, as JR says, he's six for eight, 300 pounds. He makes him look like a child. Same with yeah. The Rock. The Rock's what, six for four, six for five, I believe. 200 and uh, back then he would have been about 265 pounds, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 265 is what he's built out, yeah. Absolute yeah. child. And, you know, they, they get their. Um, usual um, trademark moves and then everything like this, but big shows always got the other hand because of his size and strength. And um, you know, the, 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 the big show goes to throw the rock over the rock holds onto the ropes. And of course then show goes over and um, yeah, the rock wins and it starts a story off, which I'm not going to lie at the time I thought based on the DVDs was amazing. Actually mm-hmm. in retrospect, looking at it, in the context it's it's terrible it's really really poor uh, because it just goes okay. on and on and on a bit too long well let's, um, let's sorry steve sorry to interrupt but let's pick your mind on that then because you you, you do your 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 wrestling history rewatches and mm. you you record some of them for for your podcast with certain eras and you uh, and you really proper you really properly dive into these the, these times don't you? you you sort of look at every raw every smackdown and, and discuss all sorts of stuff and it's it's fascinating to listen to but it's this era more than anything but you got which is great which is which is exactly what podcasting is and and I value your opinion uh, but this era here I I watch the pay-per-views I would dip in and out of the TV and even now you know god knows what 20 odd years later I've not seen masses of what goes on here so with regards to the storyline that takes us from this rumble through no way out to WrestleMania from outside looking in, just getting segments. I think it was well done, but you're saying watching it, the watching the week to week television, it was quite drawn out. Yeah. It's, it's just, it seemed to be one segment per show where big show would have to try and get proof to show the, to show triple eight, that the rocks feet or Rocky's feet hit the floor first. And it just 
dragged on for so bloody long. And very similar to when Mags talks about when Austin became um, the, the, the main player from King of the Ring 96. It's like Mags says, no, he didn't. That didn't happen until... 97 and even then mm. it wasn't until Wrestlemania 98 where he fights Shawn Michaels where he really has become the Austin that we know and love God and bless this- change in attitude man a much, <laughs> much, much missed show agreed missed show. and really with this whole big show rock feud I was just surprisingly bored out of my mind um, okay. I just didn't find it interesting because again the big show for me, um, it's obvious that clearly and based on things that my brother's told me and from what he's heard through podcasts and stuff, there are a lot of issues with Paul White, the man, not the wrestler. And I can tell by the way his physique changes and the way he um, acts that I think he just seems to think he's, better than what he actually is. Right, um, okay. And <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, um, it's as if, like you made this point about Big Show and me and my brother are massive Big Show, or we were Big Show fans. Like we believe like what you say, which is he was an attraction. You shouldn't be putting him on TV every bloody week. And I don't know, it, it's it's something in which watching in, in chronological order where I'm just like, meh, like who cares? Okay. Who, who cares that the rocks feet touch the floor first? Like I'm just triple H in this point. It's like, well, it's great proof, but you know, um, have you got anything better? Yeah. I, I don't care. Like, but the way, like you talk about WWE, the way they do promo packages, it is one of the best in the business. I'm not going to lie. It's phenomenal. They could turn... It's, it's, it's the best. There's no one else has ever... WCW, Jim Crock Promotions, TNA, New Japan, uh, AEW, any recap, no one comes close. WWE fact, I was is thinking this top to dog. The, yeah, I was thinking this today when I watched uh, the um, crown jewel match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, and I was like... Oh, Sai is right. I don't need to watch the weekly TV to understand what the story is uh, because they put the package together. And they're a bit like um, the opposite of what a trailer does for a film. A trailer is supposed to like give you uh, an insight into what the film's about. So you go out and watch it at the cinema or, or whatever or Netflix mm-hmm. these days. But actually, ironically, you, I yeah. Whereas ironically, the film has actually got so much within it actually they've probably missed out all the best bits within the trailer. Whereas in ironically in WWE, they literally take the best bits of what's gone on, put it all together. It's just like, Oh, I don't need to watch the other crap that was, that was broadcast to us. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, like I said, I just found with the, the big show rock stuff was just so boringly done that I just didn't care, mate. I just Mm. didn't care at all. Magsy yourself. Um, yeah, I think um, what Steve says um, makes a lot of sense. Um, I remember watching uh, an Undertaker kind of like shoot interview, and he, he spoke about um, being partnered up with the Big Show, uh, and it was it was actually his uh, it was his idea. So because Big Show, uh, he, he Undertaker says he has all the tools to be one of the 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 best wrestlers in the world mm. he's uh, athletic he's huge uh he's a specimen of a guy 
but he phones it in so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Undertaker was talking about when he uh, Big Show put on a lot of weight. And I think that this was the period uh, because he's wearing uh, more T-shirts now, obviously, to cover up uh, his more rotund body. And Undertaker... Well, actually, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interject. This is from, uh, again, I could be completely speaking absolute fucking bollocks. But from a personal training background, actually, I can see that Big Show's taking steroids. Mm-hmm. I can see that he's actually training in the gym because when he gets, because he's preparing for WrestleMania, and I can, me and my brother both agree that WrestleMania is his best physique. He's got a huge set of shoulders. He just is an absolute animal. And me and my brother always like a sidetrack. We always say, like, imagine if he ever competed in World's Strongest Man. It would be just incredible to see the feats of strength he could do. Oh, oh yeah. And for me, he was growing. You can see the stretch marks on him. He's growing that quick. He's growing that quickly. I mean, how old is he then? 26? 26 years old uh, mid 20s yeah yeah that's correct yeah and you can see the stretch marks because he's growing that he's already seven foot two whatever he is and yet he's growing with muscle mass he's not fat anymore he's not like when he was in wcw when he was just a a giant now he's weightlifting Mm -hmm. and he's growing through these t-shirts through the the muscle mass and you are com- the Undertaker's completely right, and it's the same with me and my brother. We we think that um, there was so much potential, and he fucked it up for whatever reason. There's a match at um, I spoke about this with Dan and Rob on their podcast at SummerSlam '99, and Undertaker and Big Show are in a, a tag match, and there's a bit of showboating going on, and basically Undertaker just says to him like because he tags himself in because Big Show has done some bit of showboating by just putting his foot on top of the, the, whoever it was. I think it was like The Rock. Uh, he kicks out, and then The Undertaker just aggressive, aggressively tags himself in and goes and, and, and choke slams The Rock or whatever, pins him, wins the match, and he basically turns to Big Show, and he's like, what the fuck was that? Like, a proper serious one. It wasn't. I don't believe it was scripted or part of story. I genuinely believe Undertaker was pissed off as it was finished about yeah. exactly and big shows like i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to and you could tell he's gen they're gen he's genuinely pissed off and the big show's like shit i've pissed off him i've pissed off mark here you know yeah. it's, it's very interesting like i said when you see the real insights of things it's like hmm, this is getting a bit edgy and it's, it's more enjoyable to watch Steve, I mean, we never saw it a great deal on television, but are you aware that in the big show or Paul White, because he was the giant in WCW and all that sort of stuff, uh, in his earlier years, he actually used to be able to throw a proper drop kick, not the, the one where you'd land on your back and just throw your legs, a proper drop kick up to people's faces and wow. could also do a moonsault. No way. Wow. And wow. one one finish to a Kevin Nash match from the WCW mid to late nineties was supposed to be Nash taking the moonsault from the big show or Paul white or the giants and whatever. And, and Nash vetoed it and said, look, he's a big old boy. If he lands on me and gets it wrong, I'm fucked. <laughs> and this is a Nash who's had Mabel land on him and fuck yeah. it up. So you can understand yeah, the trepidation. Uh, but that, but I mean, there we go. The, the rock, the rock wins the rumble goes on to WrestleMania. And we have the very first time, you know, the 16th in, you know, 16th WrestleMania, the very first time a heel 
leaves with the WWF world title. Mm-hmm. Well, this this storyline um, again is one of my favourites. That, like you said, the Triple H wins the match, and it is genuinely an absolutely massive storyline to really put. I think it's more to put over the uh, the bad guys in Triple H. Mm-hmm. Well, the Helmsley regime. That's what it's to do. It's not to put the rock over because the rock eventually wins a backlash. I think they're yes. possibly possibly the plan is we need to wait for Stone Cold to come back to to do something. Um, and by all accounts, I can't remember him doing much at Backlash apart from hitting a steel chair of someone's head. I keep forgetting what actually happens with. B- well, we're going into two thousand then, aren't we? And uh, I suppose this is where we get the nonsense, Magsy, with him turning face and heel a few times, and uh, the, the big show I'm referring to here. No, oh, big show, bloody hell, he turned heel and face twenty times in mm-hmm. the in like the two thousand. So, uh, yeah, but the, I think the Austin return that was uh, where they really started running with the, the who run Austin over story mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that that was a. Um, Survivor Series 99. Yes. Um, yeah. That's yeah, when he gets run over. And then at Survivor yeah. Series 2000 is when he gets his revenge on Triple H. <laughs> and then at No Way Out 2001 is when they have their three stages of hell match. Yeah. I think it is. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so this whole storyline has been planned, but I think they just cock it up in certain places like we've already mentioned with Rikishi being the guy that mm. run him over. It's just, mm-hmm. it honestly, even talking about it just annoys me because it's just so ludicrous. <laughs> and even like, I remember, I know for a fact that mid 2000, so I think it was after SummerSlam, after the undertaker arrives between roughly October up to December, it is just the triple H Stephanie, my man show. And it's, yeah. it's, fucking awful and <laughs> the whole Kurt Angle getting involved with terror. yeah it's, it's oh a, of it's course more. that runs into Royal Rumble 2001 doesn't it with Kurt <laughs> kissing Steph and yeah why it's it's, it's abysmal and then it's after Royal Rumble 2001 that it slowly starts picking up. I love all the invasion stuff. I think yes. it's fucking brilliant. Yes, we could be sat here all night talking about what they, they didn't do with the invasion. We all know the answers to it. They had no contracts. We get it all. But I love that's, it. A, that's I, a whole different podcast. It, it, <laughs> no, but, but it is. Going, reversing back to um, the 2000 Royal Rumble, um, I liked the way it ended. I've, I've got no qualms about that. And I remember being back at school, going back to school, really annoyed that um, Big Show didn't win and everything. But the storyline made sense. But unfortunately, storyline moving forward, I just found it really, really boring and quite hard to watch. And that's literally of me of recent times, just a f- several weeks back. Okay. On that note, I'm going to chuck the question to the pair yeah? Um, Steve-O, you said that in 2000, you were, well, you literally just said you went to school. So how old were you in 2000? 15, I think, yeah. Okay. This was a Sunday night pay-per-view. Did you go to school Monday? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You trooper. Must have had two hours kip. In fact, I read a um, a school report of me in year nine, and uh, the only thing that came good of it was the form teacher saying, his attendance record is excellent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Magsy, in 2000, how old were you, my friend? 20. Did you go to work Monday morning? 
Ja. Ja. Fair enough. I can Did say, you? say I called in sick. Um, <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> but there we go. There we go. Uh, gentlemen, we have gone well over three hours. <laughs> this has been the, and I suppose it's quite fitting considering this is Chain Wrestling 100. It's a special occasion. The longest chain wrestling we've ever done. Maxie, do you remember when we started this show? We 30 said minutes. 30 45 minutes, minutes max. Let's go, let's go he has and here we are at three hours plus. Ironically, the whole pay-per-view was two hours and 54 minutes. So we could have done a watch along of the whole of Royal Rumble 2000 <laughs> and still... <laughs> Not gone over by half an hour. Uh, but the thing is, as well, uh, I think this, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be really arrogant and cocky about this. I think this is one of our best ep- episodes. I've, I've loved this conversation. I've loved Steve-O's insight as a fan at that time. Uh, Magsy, I always enjoy talking to you. The chat has been great. We, we've still got plenty of people watching as well. It, it's been awesome. I've loved this. Yeah. We need to rank it, though, boys. Out of 10. Yeah, and I think we talk, we talk bell to bell, so we're looking at just the rumble. Obviously, as, as the Royal Rumble, it, the actual pay per view itself. Me personally, I give it ten out of ten. Um, the actual Royal Rumble match, though, I I quite comfortably give it a seven. It for me, it the time disappears. I genuinely can't believe that's fifty minutes. It, it vanishes. Mm-hmm. The storytelling is great. Um, the, all the wrestlers want to actually win the Royal Rumble. I was invested in it. I believed anybody could win it. And yeah, I'm, I'll happily give it a seven out of 10. Magsy. Yeah. I, I, I echo pretty much everything Steve all uh, said uh, about it. Um, we've got to remember this is so important in terms of British wrestling fans uh, yeah. who may not have seen uh, anything from the WWF since the eighties, uh, is So, for for me, it that shows how important that this this match is, and it there's nothing in it that offends. Uh, apart from obviously Jerry Lawler, it's a it's an easy <laughs> watch. No, but it it, it genuinely is a, a rumble that you can uh you can watch, and it it just flows past. Uh, there's other rumbles where the uh, you're taken out of the the match because of how uh, bad it was booked, or there's other rumbles that uh, absolutely blow you away. This is very middle of the road, uh, and I think a seven is a the perfect score for it. Uh, it's never going to be um, people's number one rumble, but it's always it was enjoyable to watch. So yeah, I, I can't I can't really fault it for that. See, it's so funny because I came in talking almost out of the three of us talking almost the most negative out the three of us. Well, not almost. I was. I was the most negative out the three of us. But I was trying to say, look, it's. I'm not being negative completely. I just think it lacked a bit of this. It lacked a bit of that. And you compare it to the following year's Rumble. 2001 is, to me, one of the best Rumbles of all time. 92 is always my favourite. It doesn't match up with those. It lacked a bit of star power and so on. I agree completely with Steve-O and you, Magsy. The pay-per-view itself is gold. This pay-per-view is fantastic. The rumble itself was decent, but not spectacular. But it did what they needed. The Rock mm-hmm. and the Big Show went on and did what they had to do and, and so on. I've got the, exactly the same ratings as you boys. Hey. I've, I've got a 7 out of 10, but I think the pay-per-view is probably about a 9.5. It, 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 mm-hmm. you know, 
show beginning to show end. So yeah, despite the fact I had maybe some more negative points to make, I completely agree with you fellas. All friends think- in the end. See, we're that we're that too cool. You eliminated us with your negativity, but then you did a little too cool and everything. Mate, honestly, if you could see my arse, I would be the Rikishi out of us three. One hundred percent. Right. Where do we go next week? There are three of us here. Next week we obviously reverting back to our normal two-man booth i guess is the way it works and we're going to be looking at potentially having people on again in the new year but here and there we'll see how it goes but this week's poll is going to be three options once again so what have you got for us boys um i've actually changed my mind in literally the last two seconds while you've just been speaking and um i was originally going to go to the wrestlemania um, where the, the title match is held and everything and, and we'll obviously see if The Rock wins it or not. I don't want to go there. I want to go to the next pay-per-view, which is where The Rock actually wins the title, which is at Backlash 2000. Um, I actually want to hear you guys discuss Backlash 2000 to, to round off this whole McMahon-Helmsley regime and everything. So Because that still continues up until when The Undertaker returns at I keep getting this wrong is it SummerSlam Mad is it it's Judgment Day with the strap match isn't it that's when it all concludes oh that's right because is it an Iron Man or a strap match it's an Iron Man match isn't it's it? an Iron Man and Taker comes back and literally does nothing to help the rock because that's right. essentially yeah. I think they mistime it pardon yeah doesn't he cost, um, that's costing the title I, th- I think the timing is out that the clock goes just when uh, Undertaker was meant to like, mm. help him win. But if it wins, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with um, Backlash 2000, the conclude, the technically the conclusion of sending, giving The Rock the belt, basically, and, and sending him off to the, the stardom, and then he loses it within a matter of weeks. But, um, <laughs> uh-huh. Should have happened at WrestleMania. That was a bad booking decision. Oh, I disagree. Oh, okay. I, 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 I genuinely think that to get the heels over to get Vincent Mann because Vincent Mann wasn't even in WWE until only a few weeks before WrestleMania. That which surprised me because I was really wanting him to come back, but he still wasn't in it after no way out 2000 still not in it weeks later after no way out. And as we're building up to WrestleMania again, I stopped watching, but I'm assuming that's when obviously McMahon comes back to, being the rocks corner and i just still think that the booking for me is perfect and it is the ah, um very similar um to when at bash at the beach with the nwo it's that turn and everybody's just launching in the the, the cola bottles and everything yeah. and that's what happens at wrestlemania 2000 um i i love it i personally think it's amazing again this is what wrestling's all about. We we agree to disagree, you know. And, yeah. and you know, we're not going to fall out, out over it. I loved it. You didn't. It's, great. it's fine. Yeah, no, that's 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 spot on. And it's idiots online who can't have those adult conversations that ruin it for everyone else. You know, and and there are certain people that you know we were all aware of who are like that. DJ Storms, fuck you, you're a cunt. Magsy, my friend, around? he is still around. He's still a piece of shit. <laughs> well. As Steve-O quite eloquently showed, 
there is I think there's still a lot more to talk about in this uh in this storyline in this kind of weaving of two storylines together so I want to just go ahead 20 20 days uh, and oh. I want to go to uh, No Way Out 2000. Uh, um, and I want to break the rules again. Oh, because, surprise. Because this this is all leading to a, four, uh, a four-way match at, uh, um, at WrestleMania. So let's talk about those two matches that lead to that. Um, oh, Big Show versus The Rock for the number one contender. Uh, um uh, number one contendership for the title and then Triple H uh, and Cactus Jack in the Hell in a Cell title versus career match let's do them both let's do yeah, both why not fuck it hey a yeah, hundred uh, episodes looking at one match at a time let's fucking just throw that out the window let's go to and also we watched a-, a supermarket brawl between <laughs> Austin and Booker T and then we also watched Dean Ambrose on the Broken School session, so we can we can obviously change <laughs> as our as as much as we change our underwear. We've also this, watched an episode of Baywatch. <laughs> we did exactly great episode. Exactly. <laughs> There's also uh, a, a, a spot in that Hell in the Cell match where um uh, the video that I uploaded of it was banned. So there we are. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. My selection, boys, is going to be using the arena because I thought Madison Square Garden, Uh, that's important. And I actually went back and looked at WrestleMania 1. Don't panic. I picked nothing from that show. I was tempted. (laughs) I was tempted because Barry Windham's on that show. And I thought, no, I won't do that. I won't do that because let's be honest, that won't win. (laughs) <laughs> the only person who will vote for that is me so uh i looked at other events at madison square garden we got a couple of summer slams uh we got some you know some great matches and great history then survivor series 2002 stood out for me and i thought oh brilliant oh okay but the, the the match that you know that my eyes are drawn towards the elimination chamber match we've already covered magsy haven't we we have, yeah, and we scored it very highly. And Sean's my guy, and I was like, ah, okay. Uh, but then, as I looked at it and almost, you know, cancelled it off my phone, sad and disappointed, I realised, oh my god, look at that tag match. You think you know me? Think you know me? Think you know me? Survivor Series 2002. There is a couple of good tag matches on that card. So I would like to use the arena as my link, MSG, go to Survivor Series 2002 and look at Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Eddie and Chavo Guerrero in an elimination tag match. That's easy for you to say. That is absolutely fucking fantastic and we talk about the smackdown six this is what the the internet wrestling community refers to this period as man some of those names in that so good yeah so that's my option there boys great pick brilliant i mean man's gonna win quite clearly but <laughs> still a good pick because you broke the fucking rules again yeah okay we literally watched an episode of baywatch because you can't stick to the rules i can't help 
what the Cedar <laughs> Ref bought for. You can. Just stick I the just flick the shit, and if it sticks, we watch it. Mm. Those are your options for the poll this week. That will be up later in the week after the audio version drops on Wednesday. You have, from Steve-O, Backlash 2000, The Rock versus Triple H. A bit, uh, oh, a further step in this storyline. You have, from Magsy, No Way Out 2000. And both matches, The Big Show versus The Rock versus, and then Triple H versus Cactus Jack. Again, leading into WrestleMania 16. Or we have Survivor Series 2002. And Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit versus Eddie and Chavo Guerrero for, I think, was it the first SmackDown titles? Or or they already decided the SmackDown tag titles a month or two before, and this was one of the earlier... Yeah, I think Edge and Rey go into that match as okay. champions, if, if I yeah. remember rightly. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Honestly, I'm going to be so happy with whatever wins, because I think that's some great choices. Mm-hmm. There some we go. Good matches, yep. Very good. It's nearly three and a half hours in, boys. Steve, we'll start with you. Tell us where everyone can find you online. Uh, yeah, if, it's quite simple, really. If you just want to follow me on Twitter, where I'm most interactive, it's at Total Steve. If you want to follow me on TikTok for dash cam videos, <laughs> it's at Total Steve. <laughs> and if you like your fantasy football and you want to join a community like we are here at Chain Wrestling, it's um, at Elite FBL. Simple. Steve-O, how many people are in that one league that I joined? I'll be honest, I don't even know what league you joined. <laughs> the one you said, the one you said, don't join that, no one bothers anymore. But there's like quite a few hundred in there. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a, a simple answer. I don't know, mate. Because I'm, right, you know? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. I don't want to talk about it because okay. <laughs> I'm doing shit. <laughs> Magsy, where can people find you, bud? <laughs> Well, they can find me on Twitter. I, I do this all the time, but at Podfather Mags, I probably won't reply or read or even acknowledge the fact that you've followed, liked, or tweeted me. Um, but you so can it's also really worth it. Yeah, it, it is. Funnily enough, my, my uh, followers are still going up. I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't tweeted anything in like six months. Uh, same with my TikTok. Um, Go and follow that if you want. You probably won't see any new content, but do it anyway. That's at Mags All Pods. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the best place to find me would now be at SJP World Media, where you can find all the content the network carries. This show, um, Murder in Mind podcast, uh, Waiting Room, looking at Quantum Leap, the Doctor Who podcast, NXT, Rise and Fall, WCW, Nitro Nights, Oh my God, there is so much there. In the corner, looking at weekly WWE television with Benny Mac. Uh, the same from the guys in the States, RSH Wrestling. So we get, you know, the perspective from this side of the pond and the other. There's so much going on. Back when with Scottish Danny and Tyler, oh, it's just the network is getting bigger and bigger. I appreciate everyone, you know, spending their time listening, sharing and so on. But please make sure you are subscribing and leaving reviews on all your podcast players subscribe on the youtube uh, so you know when we go live or anyone else if they go live in the future and so on at sjp world media but most importantly you can follow this show at chain underscore wrestling on twitter instagram uh, facebook and that tick tock thingy me 100 episodes magsy 
I want to shout out a huge thank you. First of all, to you for agreeing to join this this project when it was just an idea from a guy who had a crappy microphone. Not even that. I had literally a, a headset that came three with my mobile, and that's all I had to record with, and it sounded like shit. But you took a gamble, and you joined in, and we are where we are now. I want to say a huge thank you to my wife for pushing me into this in the same way you did as well, Magsy, saying mm. I should get into podcasting and so on. And I'm, I want to say a huge thank you to the CWF. I want to say a huge thank you to the likes of Steve-O, Dan Griffin, Benny Mac, um, all these guys, you know, Millwall, Chris, uh, Andy from Bang Bang Podcast, UTT, Rob. There's so many that I can't list them. Danny. <laughs> Dan, Scottish Danny, of course. Oh, Jesus Christ, I've got to say his name. He all turned up and lost stab me. Um, all these people who have been with us since day one, and here we are now, 100 episodes in, with more people listening, more people watching, more people commenting, more people retweeting. And it genuinely, it's amazing that people still want to listen to what we ramble on about. It means so, so much. So thank you to everybody I just mentioned, anyone who's ever listened, retweeted, voted, etc. And again, Magsy and my wife, huge thank you to you two as well. I mean, I deserve it. I'm literally the best <laughs> in your podcasting career. Um, oh, no, boy, are uh, you the way you are. <laughs> you, you are exactly right, Ross. This was... Um, this this should have been a nothing project. It should have just been two blokes talking about wrestling and one person listened to it. And it snowballed into the highlight of, of, of my week. I absolutely love doing this show. Not only because I get to talk to you and we get to um, be idiots for, for everyone, but because so many people come along and, and listen along and, and get involved the, the show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for the likes of Steve or wasn't for the likes of Dan, uh, Benny, Matt, um, Cam, uh, Scottish Dan, everyone who's who's took part. Sharon is a, a huge, huge part of this. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, it's just amazing. It's it's. I've I've never been about numbers or about uh, viewers or listens or downloads or stuff like that, but to see. So many people returning week after week, and we just we just have a laugh in the in the chat, and we just have a laugh on the show. It's amazing. I really, really, massively appreciate every single one of you. I think um, from you know, without wanting to repeat what I said last week, um, from a fan's perspective, because that's what I am—a fan. You know, and well, you, you know, I I put you on the level of from an entertainment slash enjoyment slash informative point of view along the lights of say you know chris jericho stone cold khan rad you know that's that's very kind it's it's in the words of austin you appeal to the everyday man and the reason why austin got over so many years ago was because everybody related with him and from my I, i can only speak for myself you were just saying then about the fact that when you first started the show, um, you said it would only be 30 minutes. It was actually 40 minutes and then it just snowballed and snowballed. Well, I'm at, uh, in my history, in, in my history of you guys, I'm now just after January 2000. And yeah, it's, it's this year, <laughs> 2000. So this <laughs> January this year, and 
I can already hear the development in your show and what you're doing with the community and everything. And as I keep banging on about, your show is so much like Elite FPL. It's frightening. Like there was a a montage what Jason put together that genuinely nearly brings me to tears because he's taken clips from when me and my mate Dan did our show on a private Facebook group. And it's gone from that to, like I said, where we're now like you guys in this community of people that literally live on every word we say. And Mag summed it up last week where it's so nice to hear someone tell us that we take something that's so mundane in their life and make it entertaining. You know, like I say, like me at work or me going out on a walk or whatever, listening to you guys, time just goes it vanishes because i'm so invested and for you guys to hit a hundred podcasts is it doesn't surprise me and here's to the next 100 and the next 100 and the next 100 because i've already told you off air and i'll say it now like i would have asked this in the in the in the ask you anything podcast and you don't need to answer this now because we want to go bad i've been up for nearly 24 hours no joke um but <laughs> it would be like where do you see the sjp media developing when do you think it will be a case of do you know what we want to go down the the paywall route of yeah we give away obviously the content for free but there will be now a paywall because we've got such a a giant community now that we can get sorry there will be people that are willing to, to contribute towards you doing this as a living you know i'm happily wearing supporting you you buying your shirts and everything and it's it's people like myself and the various other people that you've mentioned, which once the support of the show starts growing, you guys won't be, you won't be doing shows like this for much longer in the sense of um, how can I put this politely? It's kind of like um, unprofessional manner, even though I'm telling you now, you you guys are so much more professional than me and Jason. It's, it makes <laughs> me feel really uncomfortable because I'm not used to professionalism, but, and I mean that with with, with complete um, sincerity, because um, the way you guys do this show is is so well done that you will have to take it to the next level where it's like, we're going to have to do this twice a week. You have to. But you'll have to do it behind a paywall where um, people will want to be like, well, I want to listen to the non-wrestling topic but they only do it via Patreon. Oh, well, here's whatever you decide to charge, 99p or whatever the maximum, the minimum is. And yeah, you just, it generally just snowballs from there. Because if you, if you, if you told me four years ago, oh, just to let you know, Steve-O, that you'll um, win an award, not me, but me and Jason, will win an award for best fantasy football content. Um, you'll be doing a show twice a week um streaming to like 130 150 people that it, it I'd, I'd just told you shut the fuck up you're living in dream world it, you need to go to the mental health asylum down there because you don't know what you're talking about but it's that it happens because all these things snowball you know you've been doing this what for a year and a half two years it'll be two like years at the start of december two years it's nothing you're just babies 
and you're both absolutely out there's that word outstanding at what you both do you're very very good like i said mags is the encyclopedia you're the host well, it should be that way, actually. You're the host. Sai also <laughs> appears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've, the, you've, you've got the perfect combination. And once you've got that combination in place, you just keep on going and going and going. And I know for a fact that the way you two are, that the community will always be. It's like with Elite FPL. The community is always going to be the forefront of everything. It's like Mags may joke about it, but it's true. It's just, you're just two guys that just chat shit. It's about you guys, what you want. And that's why your show is so successful because you're kind of talking about things that we want to talk about. So, yeah, I just can't wait to listen to the next hundred shows. We can't put into words how much we appreciate that. We really can't. It's just amazing. Thank you very much. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can tolerate him for another hundred, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> it won't be long before I have another mental breakdown and I disappear for a month. <laughs> Steve, well, that honestly been incredibly kind of you. Thank you so so much. Uh, yeah, we have got to go. It's over three and a half. Easily the longest chain wrestling we've ever done. Um, thank you so much to everyone who stuck with us in the chat on the live version from beginning to end. Thank you so much to everybody for the last 100 episodes who has, who has been on the show, guested, co-hosted, voted, uh, got involved in the non-wrestling topic, retweeted anything. It means so, so much. Um, I suppose the biggest thing I can say is thank you, CWF. Here's the next 100 I'm off now to make myself some sandwiches because I got work very early tomorrow and it's past my bedtime. Gentlemen, it's been a blast. Thank you so, so much. All right, guys. <laughs>